1: Hello, 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 and welcome everyone to the 320th episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy audio based legends over at Audio Technica. Go upgrade your audio game today over at AudioTechnica.com. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit. And joining me today, as is tradition, my podcast, Ride or Die, the necromancer to my sorcerer. You can find her on them socials, at Miss Ellie Hart. Miss Ellie Hart, how the bloody hell are ya?
0: Almost got it. You almost got it. Damn
1: it. Damn it. I rolled the dice, and I knew it was like 1 in one in 5, 20% chance.
0: To be fair, you yeah, like of the two that you chose, it was... a pretty fair choice like i would either play those two talking about mm-hmm. diablo for those that are not informed yeah that's uh, true but yeah i i mainly run sorcerer okay Sorceress?
1: i've well we, yeah we, we can bury the lead straight away we uh we both played sorceresses i guess you could say sorcery <laughs> i don't know how you. Worcestershire yeah yeah oh, that's that's a tough word War Worcestershire, if you read it like just phonetically off the off the bottle i've
0: never uh, had yeah. an issue with it but it's, i think it's because my father would eat, like use it constantly
1: it's it's a good source it's good on everything or well, not everything but it's i don't mind a little drop of it on a steak once in a while bit of, bit of wish to share
0: i think it was more of an ingredient used in like stroganoff i, I believe mm. or maybe it was goulash but
1: shout out to the uh to the Eastern European cuisines, there—that is, uh, some stuff. But yeah, we're Delicious. here, episode three twenty THG, and I guess uh, we can just jump right on into something we alluded to off the yes. jump there. Yeah, Diablo Four. We uh, were fortunate enough to get into that closed beta last weekend. The open beta is running right now as we record here on Saturday, the twenty fifth of March here in Australia slash Friday, the twenty fourth in the US and the broader world. But uh, yeah Miss Hart, as as the resident Diablo super fan between us I am very late to the franchise obviously but uh mm-hmm. been enjoying my time after jumping in from 3 and now into this beta how you been finding Diablo 4 so far so so we both played sorcerers from what I can gather
0: Yes yeah yeah I, I picked my standard I've always gone sorcerers um and I was glad to see because in these beta tests they've actually they limited what classes that you could choose so I was a bit concerned when I heard that but luckily my class was there Um, so I got to run through with a team of four Mm -hmm. and complete missions do all the other little side quests as well and I love it I think they've done a fantastic job and they've just absolutely elevated Diablo I know a lot of people have kind of had mixed opinions on what kind of style they prefer some people prefer the more, more cartoony style I believe people are referring to which is of the previous but this new style this almost realistic kind of style that they've gone for I think is stunning the introductory video sequence into the story and mm. establishing is, it was wasn't it gorgeous like in a mess yeah. up way of course but it was gorgeous like absolutely stunning.
1: Yeah, it was some nightmare fuely stuff, but in the best oh, way.
0: Oh yeah. But in the best way, <laughs> which is the only way. Um and I've got to say that uh then character creation I think they've done well with it. There were some limitations I found in making a completely customizable character, but sometimes you got to appreciate those those kind of limitations especially when you are a person that maybe wants to go really hyper detailed when you create a character so i kind of like that it kind of put you in your place a bit of like yeah you can customize it a little bit but don't you can't go too crazy so and the best compliment i got was from benny and he said did you make your character look like you and it's far from it but the fact that that tone that 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 kind of came across to Benny. I'm like, hell yes, sure. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, from character creation, picking like what kind of uh, skill tree you're going to follow, which was, a, a, I liked how they designed this kind of point system into your skill tree and what paths you're going to choose and what kind of skill sets you're going to choose for your character. And then overall, moving along the map was a bit of a slug. I, I, a lot of old skills that I've completely forgot um, from the previous Diablo. Like, I don't want to admit how long I was running around before forgetting that you could actually click on a town center and just transport there. You didn't actually have to have any kind of, like, um, unlock for that. You could just click on your map and double click and send yourself there. That is great. But overall traversing the map, is it's it's good. It's, it's it's It can be a bit of a slog sometimes when you're trying to open up new areas. But overall, it looks gorgeous. Gameplay is classic Diablo with some added elements to keep it a little bit more fresh. And then obviously the added element of running with your crew or running without or running solo. They give you options of different quests of like running solo or running with friends. And then obviously... uh, Lifting up the uh, difficulty level if you are running with a team as opposed to running solo as well. So um, I had a lot of fun. I I really, really enjoyed it. And the best compliment that I can give is that I was kind of sad that all that time and all that thing, all that work that I put into my characters, like it was like it's gonna hard stop at twenty five. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, but I want I want to do so much more. I am so invested in this, so I, I think that's a pretty positive review of the beta so far.
1: Yeah, it's been um super fun. So so similar similar beats with with my experiences. Yeah, I uh, created a sorcerer because yeah, necro necro was unavailable as well as the always oh, the shaman. Is, is oh that yeah. What- yeah, so, so all of them are available this week in the open beta, which is great. So you've got all all of the classes to play should you choose this weekend. But yeah, I, I set up a sorcerer. She ended up looking like uh, a mixture of Eva Green and Yen from <laughs> The Witcher. But, uh, you know, I was not sad about that in any way, shape or form. But uh, like you touched on, the, I like that this skill tree is flowing and you're not really locked into certain elements you can mix mm-hmm. and match your lightning your frost your fire etc cetera, etc cetera, to to really just make yourself a death dealing machine in whatever fashion you like and seeing all these little elemental um animations pop off at once where you're throwing chain lightning here you're sending a big fireball there you've just summoned a, a three-headed hydra that's shooting fireballs over there and and that in conjunction with like i i rolled the the beta with Benny and he was playing as, as, as rogue and watching him sort of fly around the map and blink here and there and drop cow traps and all this stuff. And just seeing the, the death and destruction just pile up everywhere. And, you know, the blood flowing here and then a a wave of enemies coming from that way. And then all the loot dropping and the, and the gold. And like, it's just (laughs) sensory overload playing this game, but like in the best way, because there's just so much going on. And, and like you said, I really like, This evolution of the art style where it is grounded in a little bit more realism. The character models are great. The detail in the environments, if you're zooming in and zooming out um, in the game, is stunning. Yeah, I love that we've actually got cutscenes and actual spoken interaction-based scenes with NPCs instead of just either a static graphic or like a little... Um, square face pain that pops up and they do a little bit of talking with text along the bottom. I like Mm -hmm. that it's a bit more immersive and it feels big. Like the world's big, the enemies are big. I like that there's some verticality in the levels too where you can climb up and down certain areas so you can get to certain levels uh, within the map. Um, It's great. The story's sick. Like it Mm -hmm. is so metal is the easiest way to put it, you know. And and Lilith uh, seems to be a hell of an antagonist that you're sort of tackling here. And it's just, you know, cults and blood sacrifice and hell on earth and all that Mm -hmm. Diablo goodness all coming at you at once. But yeah, I was a little sad too. I didn't get to 25. I think I stopped at 24 last weekend. But yeah, got got to, let's just say level cap pretty much, but got above the level 20 so I could get my little my little um, wolf cub backpack that you yeah. told me about. So managed to secure that, got the bag, which I'm happy about. So got that. But yeah, I'm going to jump in again over the weekend and play it again. I'm thinking uh, Druid, not Shaman. It's the same thing really, depending on the, the game world you're talking about. But yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to jump in and probably experience that class this weekend because I played Diablo 3 Necro front to back. So I don't know if I want to go back and try that. I want to maybe experience something different with 4. So yeah, I'm thinking of playing as the the druid or the shaman or the boomkin or you know whatever you want to uh you know refer to this class as where you can change into other animals and do all kinds of crazy things. So that's probably what we're going to play this weekend. But yeah, Dabbler 4 beta has been a ton of fun. Uh, very excited for it when it comes out on, uh, yeah, June the 6th, you know, six, six, uh, 23, two times three, six, 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 if you want to get uh crafty. So yeah, oh, it feels good, plays good, looks good. And I'm hyped come June to get the full release in my hands and roll through all kinds of hell.
0: Yeah, same. I'm, I'm looking forward to also the extended um, mission sets and everything that you can upgrade beyond <laughs> level 25. I definitely hit a lot of walls when it came to that. Also, I wonder how much more of when it comes to armor sets, weapons... Uh, the upgradability of those because I started upgrading and changing my look and they have the now safe slots as well <laughs> so for you yeah. you your your special requirements and such so that you were able to have certain save slots for armor loadouts along with weapons and such so I was already doing that purely for fashion purposes but I am looking forward to seeing yeah if we get more if we can uh, do more and work in more and then yeah i'm going to probably try necromancer this this bit mm-hmm. round a beta just to try it out uh I, I maybe have dabbled in i can't remember but it, it seems like the best thing to do during a beta is to just try the other one
1: that's it that's it like i debate like i've got no real interest in playing as a rogue to be honest but like i, I i'm denied about a barbarian but necro was fun like being able to summon like armies of the dead to fight for you is cool as hell so Mm. i think that'd be super fun but yeah it's it's great i love the character customization i like what you mentioned with the armor sets and the fact that you can go to your little little save room in the inn and go Mm -hmm. to the to the vanity closet and transmog all your armor sets and weapons so as long as you've obviously broken down said armor or weapon you can then use the look of that item on any piece of uh, clothing or weaponry in that grouping so you can really tweak your character's aesthetic to to suit your needs, which is awesome because you could get a cool sword that's a bit underpowered but looks great or a cool headpiece with the same type of thing. You're like, I want to wear that, but it's shitty. So you just break it down and then you just transmog that look over the top of your good headpiece or sword. So, yeah, it's cool. Just little minor quality of life, things like that that just make the game feel a lot more whole and a lot more you, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah, exactly. Also, full disclaimer, I did run into... My team and I ran into technical difficulties. It is a beta, though, so I give that clear. There was obviously the wait times. But we did have issues of being completely forced out of the game and not being able to re-enter without closing the game and jumping in queue again. That is probably the one kind of issue that I would bring up. But like I said, it's a beta. This is what they're looking for, so...
1: Yeah, well, while Betty and I were rolling, it was the same thing. I think... He had to do two two hard clothes, and I had to do one during our time. Like, and, and that was like it was a big session. Like, it was still a pain in the ass when it happened. But like, yeah, be mindful when you are playing these betas in a, in a live game based environment. There can potentially be a few uh, a few speed bumps that you might be encountering. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see how stable the servers are this weekend because obviously the server load is going to be huge this weekend because oh, it's open yeah. beta. Yeah. So I'm very curious to know the queue times over the weekend now with you know the broader world available to play this game. But uh, super fun. I love the. Mm-hmm. The live events in the game as well where you're just rolling along and there's you know little mini mini challenges that pop up yeah. or little mini mini bosses that pop up and you just see all these other real characters that are doing their own Diablo questing just all come to sort of roll in and take them down together it always feels pretty cool when you mm-hmm. just got uh, just random random people joining your crew very temporarily to to take down the big bad or do a challenge but yeah it's it's super fun and I'm looking forward to uh playing more of it over the weekend yeah me too Yeah, and you've also been playing a bit of the old uh, Fortnite Creative 2.0, I see.
0: Yeah, I was very curious uh, when Epic mentioned this previously. Like, I already dabble in the creative maps. And for those who don't know, what uh, Fortnite does is it gives players the option to build their own maps, game modes, using resources out of Fortnite. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a battle royale. Like, the ones that I play... Uh, Some of them are referred to as parkour maps, which are essentially running obstacle courses, jumping, uh, maneuvering and dodging certain things. And I I like doing those because they're kind of fun. You earn XP, by the way, doing these creative maps. So that's another thing that people could be aware of is that you earn XP and you can level up that way. Um, I had no idea of that. Yeah, yeah. And you've got to look too. Um, Usually one of your Fortnite quests is to earn 50,000 XP in creative and that usually gets you some uh, additional XP as well. But either way... So Fortnite, uh, Epic already gave players that option to create these maps, these different game modes on their own using assets of Fortnite. But now Epic has also included this, what they're referring to as Fortnite Creative 2.0, where it is now more elevated, more game modes, more options, and just higher quality uh, graphics. So I I straight away, I saw a demo or a small preview of this in wonderful mystical dragon and a player running through a beautiful landscape and what it's called is the i believe it's called the forest guardian is what the game mode's called and i had to try it i'm like i want to see what this is about um it's pretty cool uh it's very very short it i think it's more of the experience of just like seeing what the what the possibility is and how good it looks unfortunately on my pc it wasn't able to reach its full potential uh but then uh, my husband jumped on it too so i could see it on a playstation and it i see now that it oh, given the opportunity it looks beautiful on the right device and with the right power behind it it can look quite stunning and there is another game mode that is clearly a capture point that is very very similar to the stylized of call of duty uh, and there's other other game modes, I believe, that people have kind of already added into it. Uh, very familiar where it's a the game mode in Fall Guys where it's like a, it brings up a fruit and you've got to stand on the panel.
1: Oh, uh, yep, yep. Yeah, yep.
0: like those kind of similar ones. So, yeah, just extending that. And then it's always good to uh, attach players to have their names and epic creator codes and stuff attached to these game modes as well. So they can get rewards and benefits if they... Have a popular map or a one that fans really enjoy as well. So uh, I think it's great. I think it's great potential, and it's only going to f- further <laughs> put Fortnite and Epic up the forefront of uh, of gaming. Really,
1: yeah, I, I agree. Like I saw that um, that little gameplay slice of the Fortnite sort of dragon thing you just mentioned, and holy moly, I was like, what is this? I beg your pardon. It was stunning. Like Unreal Engine Five. That, that epic obviously peddling and and now that's mm. sort of what Fortnite's running on in the back end like you can see the graphical improvements just going from uh you know season season three to season four but now you're starting to see the possibilities with the creative 2.0 edition where people are like been recreating so many different famous games or scenes or moments from mm-hmm. games and I even saw some stuff overnight where they've recreated the original Fortnite map.
0: That's what everyone's excited for, yeah. (laughs) And
1: holy moly, like the skill set of some of these developers, whether they be professional or casual, is absolutely astounding. Like it's so cool to see. And like you said, the possibilities of where this could go is mind-blowing. Like there's, there's so much potential there and... The cool thing as well, broader sort of stuff that they showed this week from an Epic perspective where they did some focus and highlights of the new enhancements with the Unreal Engine where, where Epic did a bit more of a prolonged deep dive on it and mm. showing the the face capture and, and how easy and seamless it is to integrate in by using something as simple as a smartphone to pull pull some of this stuff in. Like yeah. the tools that are getting more re- readily available uh, getting made more readily available, sorry, to the general public to be able to make games or play around and, and do their own thing is awesome. So I'm very excited to see what happens. But yeah, that uh, that that trailer or that sort of showcase of that that dragon scene you mentioned, I saw it. And I was like, what is this? Stunning! This looks right? Amazing. I yes. haven't played it yet, but I yeah, watched a few minutes of it when it got dropped during the week, and yeah, the jaw's on the floor.
0: Yeah, and there was this other video sequence that I saw. I didn't play it, so I I can't come from that standpoint. But I saw it, it was like a, a a shooter mode where you went up against a massive mech, and it it looked incredible. I I was in disbelief when I saw it. It's just it's so fantastic seeing these really hyper detailed uh, character designs and such, and then you then you kind of like swing it back to these. I don't, I don't want to say classic cartoon style Fortnite characters that they have a little bit goofy looking, some a little bit more simplistic in design. So it's, it's pretty funny seeing that contrast between classic cartoon to this almost semi-realistic kind of uh, detailing. So
1: It's so great. Um, Fortnite, the, the latest the latest iteration is so great. I cannot get a crown royale to save my goddamn life at the moment. I still haven't got one and it is breaking my heart. <laughs>
0: Oh really? Yeah, yeah it's 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 a bit it's a bit rough out there. But then, in the same sense, like I've got to be honest, and I know that some of the professional players have also said this that they're finding that uh, Epic Fortnite they're really trying to get people into games really fast. But what happens is is that you will still encounter bots, and like uh, the professional players don't like that because they obviously want a more competitive gameplay. But then, like, I don't know, it kind of makes me feel a bit, like, unwin- undeserved on some winnings if I know that, like, some of those kills that I got or some of those things were <laughs> up against bots, especially this late into my Fortnite career. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. It's a, I guess it's better just to get into a game with some real people and a few bots than just not being able to get into a game at all, I guess. Yeah,
1: so many so many like seconds and thirds, like gotten gotten wins but can't get the back-to-back wins and it yeah. breaks my heart but the game's great, it plays good, it feels good, you know, it's just more epic awesomeness and something else that's awesome that I didn't get a chance to talk about much last episode but it's obviously out now in the wild in an mm-hmm. official capacity but uh, yeah, over the past week I was fortunate enough to roll credits on Resident Evil 4 remake, Nine. and boy, howdy, do the reviews out there! I'm talking the big, glowing, positive reviews. I'm talking, you know, specifically to say the the 10 out of 10 that IGN dropped on Resident Evil 4 remake is completely justified. This game is everything I could hope for in a remake of RE4. Like we've talked glowingly about this game over the years and our experiences with it way back when and seeing it pulled kicking and screaming into 2023 <laughs> and the way that Capcom have changed the formula for the game a little bit. While also respecting how the game originally played and some of the big moments and things like that, but modernizing some of those moments or some of those boss battles, taking out all the goddamn QTEs and stuff. It's um, it is a master's class in uh, remaking like Resident Evil 2 remake is phenomenal and special and I adore it but I think RE4 remake sits above that now and it is awesome I love it I've started to already go back and replay certain chapters and try and get more uh achievements done and more uh like be a bit more of a completionist with the game because yeah it's it's sunken it's uh lost plugger's parasites <laughs> fangs or tendrils or whatever into me very strongly and jumping back into the boots of leon and you're going and saving the president's daughter in some sleepy european village you know it's it's As a it story did. that just writes itself and <laughs> it's so good and it looks great the combat is awesome some of the battles and the gunplay is phenomenal and it's very violent and just seeing some of the way that the the enemy's bodies uh, react to certain guns shooting them and like limbs getting blown off or like parts of the face getting removed from shotgun pellets and like it is a time and it is you know the best parts of action and horror blended together just like what Resident Evil 4 originally did way back when they've done it again now where this game, is true to its roots, but it also feels very fresh and new in the way that they've retooled, reset, redesigned certain moments from the game or like removed other moments from the game and then like inserted new ones with nods to those other former moments that might not have sort of fitted into the flow. Mm. But oh my God, this game is hard. I'm excited for you to play it. I hope you do play it eventually because I know you loved 4 and I want to get your opinion on the remake because it is special 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 and yeah it's one of my favorite games i've played in i don't know how long
0: here's here's my point is (laughs) i have played it okay i I have like not 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 this remake like i've played resident evil 4. so Mm -hmm. i've already had the experience of resident evil 4. i'm not in a rush to play the the remake i've watched people play certain segments of the remake and it looks great it looks really stunning I don't need to play it right now I've got a little too many things on my plate both real life and gaming wise there's a lot Mm -hmm. of battle passes out there and there's Destiny there's Fortnite and there's other games there's Diablo this weekend you know there's a lot to juggle through um my husband's gonna play it it's gonna play Resident Evil 4 so I'm assuming I'm also gonna get that kind of secondary experience maybe I'll just play a bit of it just to kind of see if i can get a little bit of comparison to the um to the oh my god my brain's fighting on what i played it on thank you i was my brain was saying dreamcast and i'm like that ain't right uh the gamecube experience uh, the thing that i'm hearing a lot of people say is that it feels like the controls feel a lot better and i don't know if how far back you remember but i do remember it was a bit clunky uh, so yeah, it's good to see yeah. that 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 has been taken care of, and some of the bad guys. I on a previous episode I said that the bad guys didn't look that scary, but based on what I've seen now, it seems like they have actually made a lot of the bad guys a little bit more scary and a little bit more detailed. So I, I also like, as you mentioned, the transition between when you down uh, some of the bad guys and then that transition into the you know the whipping back and forth and all that sort of stuff um, I think that's been done a lot better too and there's a little bit more graphic so it's, it's a little bit more intense and high intensity of like making sure you get that final shot in before anything bad can happen
1: yeah like I've just been playing on, on the, the standard difficulty but it is it has been challenging more often than not like ammo as is tradition with a good survival horror game is always scarce so you're oh always juggling weapons and prioritizing do I hold those couple of shots in that Magnum just in case a big, big boss is coming or do I use it now on this sort of medium challenging enemy that's giving me grief because I've got all these other lower end trash mobs chasing me and trying to eat my soul as well. So there's always that risk versus reward playing these games and I like that there is... Some some additions to, to Leon's sort of toolkit where he can he can parry and he can mm. evade, so you can sort of jump or roll out of the way of attacks or block a certain attack with your blade, and then you can counter counter attack by hitting you know R two or right trigger or whatever the hell it is on PC to uh, you know Alt F four probably to do something like that on PC <laughs> not, but um, yeah, it, it feels good because. Typical Resident Evil, as you mentioned, like the old controls of yesteryear and way back in 2005, like they did <sighs> re-energize Resident Evil a lot with 4 going over the shoulder and make it more action oriented. But yeah, it still was a little tank control-y, a little bit more flow Yeah. And the funny thing is, Leon, like he's, he's a young fit man. You know, he's working now for the president for some like COVID ops team. But like when you're running, it's just, it feels like nothing more than just like a brisk Uh, power walk and i always chuckle because you're like you're getting chased by stuff and leon just like can't catch me but you might catch me (laughs) so like i think it adds probably to the stress too because there's some enemies in this game that yeah that would scare the grim reaper like there is some freaky ass character models and then like you touched on too when you down certain characters, they don't instantly die. The Lost Plagueis might mutate and pop out of its head as a giant tendril thing of death that chases you or something else might change. So, yeah, the, the dead ain't always dead when you mm-hmm. when you down them or you blow their head off and stuff. So you have to go over there and right trigger, you know, to, to stab it in the head with your trusty blade to make sure it's done or bad shit's going to come for you. Like, it's so good and, oh, my God, I'm in love with everything about this game and... Yeah, Capcom, hat tip to everyone involved with this game. The RE engine as well that they've made the last few Resident Evil games on as well as, you know, the latest Devil May Cry and stuff. It is very special. The um, the art and the, the graphical detail they can get out of these characters with this RE engine is great. Like, there's some great emoting going on with characters, the, the various expressions that they show... And just that mixed in with these really hyper detailed environments, like that creepy European backdrop with the castles and the decrepit village and the caves and all that. Like it is all the chef's kisses. And yeah, some of the big set pieces returning from RE4, but just changed slightly are great. Some of the big boss battles that you might know from that 2005 entry making a return just with a much, much creepier coat of paint or some new mechanics is awesome and yeah it is so good and i cannot speak highly enough of this game we're gonna have a spoiler cast coming out in the next couple of weeks to dive deep 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 on re4 which i'm excited about but for now it's my favorite game of 2023 so far and i think probably when it's all said and done going to be one of the games of the year on many a people's list
0: Oh, that should be interesting. You don't usually see these kind of remakes make a game of the year list. So it's good to. I'm glad that the experience has been positive for all Resident Evil fans, new and old.
1: Mm, it's so great. It's so great. And something else is great is our official merch store, shop8bit.net. Go get yourself some tasty apparel there. Chuck it on your person. And if you want to support us monetarily, you can do so over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8bit from the low, low price of one dollar per month. You get access to exclusive content, perks, giveaways, and more. If you want to check out the broader 8-bit Community of content that we are sharing out there. You can head on over to videogamesandculture.com and be sure to join our Discord and follow us on all the socials at We Are Eight Bit, especially on TikTok if you can, because uh, we are trying to build that little TikTok space up. Regular drops every week with uh, slices brought from us as well as the other. 8-bit related podcast. I did hear the smirk. I know there is some drama going on in America right <laughs> yeah. now. Oh, my God. I watched some of those interviews they're doing. And those American politicians, what a bunch of fucking clueless idiots, I must say. Like, oh, my goodness. it I was cackling when the guy's like, when this thing's connected to the Wi-Fi, does it get on the internet? And it's like, um, yes, Mr. Congressman, that is how... Wi-Fi and the internet works, it works so well. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Like like yeah, there's probably some some funky shit in the back end of TikTok, don't get me wrong. In most apps, there's all kinds there of really tracking is. related data. But the fact that like the head of TikTok's getting up there and trying to answer these questions, and they either just railroad him and talk over the top and he doesn't get to answer them, or the questions they throw at him are just so unrelated to the platform itself and just fear-mongering U.S. propaganda beating, like, oh, my God, I was howling watching some of these uh, little clips doing the rounds.
0: Yeah, this is reminding me a lot of, like, phone tech support with your parents and you're just like... Oh, yeah. Wait, what? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is connected to the internet. Yeah,
1: it's it's hilarious. But be very curious to see what happens. But for now, yeah, be sure to follow us on TikTok at We Are 8 bit <laughs> until it gets banned across the globe, I guess. But uh, let's shift gears and jump into this. This week's news
0: headlines.
1: Presented by (coughs) Audio-Technica. Pause about that cough there. The first bit of news, I just wanted to bookend straight on in off the back of that Resident Evil 4 news there. So Resident Evil 4 remakes, the Mercenaries mode is going to be launching on the 7th of April. Capcom has announced this past week. The Mercenaries is a long running Resident Evil challenge mode that sees players attempt to defeat as many enemies as they can before the timer runs out or you die in the original resident evil 4 mercenaries mode was unlocked upon completing the game but yeah in this regard we've just got to wait two weeks and it's coming out via a free dlc drop so it's not a paid add-on you can just uh install this as part of your resident evil 4 remakes overall package It was super fun running around the castle and and fighting wave after wave of enemies and stuff. Very very uh, heart racing kind of situations going on. So I'm looking forward to jumping back into there. And then hoping we also get uh, some other DLC. I don't want to mention anything because I don't want to spoil or if anyone remembers from the original Resident Evil 4 some of the other add-ons regarding a certain character that uh, weaves in and out of the broader Resident Evil franchise So hopefully we get some of that too. But uh, yeah, I'm keen to play some uh, Mercenaries uh, in two weeks' time.
0: I never touched the Mercenaries uh, content, so I should be interested to see how it translates.
1: It'll be good, I think. It'll be super creepy, super funky, and uh, very, very stress-inducing. Uh, the, the next bit of news, The Lord of the Rings Gollum will officially launch on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X, X, x slash s i should say xbox one and pc on may the 25th with the nintendo switch version scheduled for some time later this year the gameplay will feature a blend of stealth and action as Gollum sneaks around Middle-earth. The game will also have players making choices that align with either the character's darker side, Gollum, or his gentle as half-known as Schmeagol. The developers have said the game is taking inspiration directly from J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings trilogy rather than Peter Jackson's film adaptations of the books. So I love me some Lord of the Rings, whether it be in mm-hmm. book or video game form. Very big fan. But this game, like, I don't know if it's the art style, the character in general, the gameplay that I've seen. I'm having a real hard time getting excited or caring about this at all. And I don't want to disrespect the game. It could be phenomenal. But from what I've seen personally so far, I'm just like, eh, I might play it one day, but like come May 25, I'm not lining up day one to, to try and jump in on this game and see what it's about. Because, uh, yeah, nothing's really latched on with me so far.
0: It's such a, like, coming from a perspective of someone that doesn't like Lord of the Rings but knows a decent amount, it's a curious character to follow. I only know the small amount of detail on Golem and Smeagol. And to launch a game based on that character's adventure, which I assume is it has to have been pretty detailed in order to say, oh, we're going to follow the story of this character. He has a very complex kind of well he has a like is it a, is it a double personality the, the yeah, two yeah. The two sides and then the fact that they've also made reference that we they are following the story from tolkien's story not the adaptation of peter jackson's uh film golem so is he going to sound the same is it going to sound is it going to sound the same or is it going to mm. be different so yeah th- i thought that would be just like a bunch of different characters where people would kind of want to follow a story or a a gameplay style too so i don't know it's gonna be funny i think (laughs) is it gonna be whimsical is it gonna be dark
1: i reckon it's gonna jump both sides like we probably will get some pretty dark intense moments and then some more lighter tone stuff because i've i've read the books i've watched the films and so i sort of i guess could stand somewhere in the middle where i know where Maybe some of the writing might vary from what we saw on the screen, with how this character is going to be portrayed. But maybe also the developers behind this might meet somewhere in the middle and probably, even though they're saying they're focusing on the books, might take some familiarity from the films because broader media and broader consumers would know Lord of the Rings first and foremost from the, the films as opposed to the books. I think I think that probably goes without saying. Yeah. So there's probably going to be some nods to both sides, but... Yeah, I don't know, like, Lord of the Rings, it's a great world, there's so many great characters, and yeah, Gollum or Smeagol is a pivotal piece of the Lord of the Rings puzzle, but I don't know, I just can't find myself caring a ton about playing a whole game as this character, (laughs) or characters, if you want to say. So we'll see, we'll see, like, we don't have to wait too long, it's out literally in two months from today, so on on the 25th of May, coming out on everything, on that date, switch later, but... Yeah, I'm gonna like even though I have been a bit negative in this little talk piece, I'm gonna try and reserve too much judgment and see how it reviews. And maybe if it does review really well, it might incentivize me to jump in. But right now, I haven't really seen anything that's just that's just latched onto me and said you must play this on the 25th of May. So uh sure. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's just like it just just feels very. It's it could be fine for me. It's a fine.
0: You watch and it's like Game of the Year wins. Oh my, can you imagine? It could, yeah, uh, anything's possible. <laughs> that that yeah. damn cat game was in the Game of the Year. So.
1: Uh, yeah, shout out to Stray. But uh, moving on to the next bit of news here. And this has been interesting. This is tying into the whole broader Xbox versus Sony versus various uh, government agencies pushing back against the the Activision Blizzard deal and da 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 But uh, this bit of news, Redfield was also originally in development for PlayStation 5 before Microsoft acquired Bethesda, according to the game's director. This version was ultimately cancelled and the game became exclusive to Microsoft platforms. In an interview with IGN France, Arkane's Harvey Smith explains, We got bought out by Microsoft and that was a huge sea change, he said. No PlayStation 5, now we're going to do Game Pass, Xbox and PC. Originally, Redfall was meant to release on all platforms, but Smith said that the studio didn't mind that decision, however. He continued, support from Game Pass and have to worry about one less platform, one less complexity. And Game Pass has a ton of people that can play. It could be our biggest game ever because of the 30 million Game Pass members, or whatever that number currently is. So, see, Redfall is coming out on Xbox and PC on the 2nd of May. We're starting to see more and more gameplay getting shared leading up to that release we're getting a lot more interviews with various people from Arcane mm-hmm. and a lot of feedback we're seeing from various people in the space has been very positive they're you know talking about how big this game is how it can happily operate as a single player experience as well as a team based experience which makes me very happy but uh yeah this this came up in some of the the back and forth with the various court and litigation situations yeah. happening with the with the acquisition where, you know, Sony is saying, look, they're they gatekeeping these games from us, da 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 but then Microsoft countered with, hey, you know, you got uh, you got two games, Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop, for like twelve months on your platform, even though that Bethesda acquisition happened, uh, we still allowed those deals to go through. So there's this whole back and forth, slandering tennis match still occurring. Uh, There has been some positive announcements over this past week uh, with a few other uh, governing bodies, uh, I guess, ruling or standing strongly in favor of this acquisition now going through. But we've still got more to come. But yeah, Redfall, May second, was going to be on Sony as well as Xbox and PC. That is not the case. I'm excited to play it on Game Pass Day 1. But yeah, Redfall, Sony, Microsoft, drama, drama, drama. What you got?
0: I mean... I've so far stab- established that I'm not really super interested in playing Redfall. So <laughs> anything regarding Redfall really doesn't really get on my radar much. The whole idea that they were originally going to be able to be on PlayStation 5 before the Microsoft Bethesda uh, sale went through. But then I, I thought there was going to be a negative But then the interview said that they were happy in the sense that that was one less console that they had to worry about and I assume some kind of development complexities that they didn't have to worry about anymore by having to develop on another console. So I guess that's a positive. I am now trying to open my eyes more because I definitely came from the perspective of like, why would Microsoft want to gatekeep games? They've been pretty open open-minded and they've obviously had these statements of saying they want games to be for everyone but then you read these kind of news stories that are coming out where you are finding out that games were originally going to be on a console and then getting cancelled so it's kind of like oh okay so there is there is a little bit of slimy behavior happening and obviously microsoft hasn't been doing well with having game uh microsoft exclusives so then Trying to buy studios and then taking games away from other consoles so they can have exclusives—it mm. sounds a little petty. It sounds a little petty, but uh, if they're happy, if if the studio is happy and they're comfortable with now being on just one console and being a part of Game Pass and they're seeing the benefits of that, then I guess then that's uh, the win for the moment.
1: That's it, and like y- you wonder how much of this is also like toe the company line speak where. True you yeah, harvey smith from arcane might might be genuinely in the background upset that it's not going to playstation but True. yeah from the higher ups you know microsoft and, and down through bethesda and then through to arcane they're like this is the mandate don't you dare you know <laughs> you, step are out around this. you are happy
0: you are very happy
1: but it makes sense like you touched on like the more platforms a game releases on, the more variables that could create havoc with your game because, you know, it's not it's not a copy-paste job where every platform handles that game exactly the same. Each mm. bit of that hardware runs and performs differently, so you need to benchmark it multiple times, which takes a lot of time and a lot of money, so... One less, uh, one less platform to focus on would uh, allow that development cycle to to sort of continue at a at a better pace with less less risk and less variables. But yeah, I'm I'm keen for some red form. Keen to hunt some vamps on the second of May. And I wouldn't have been upset if it landed on PlayStation. But like you said as well, Microsoft really needed a win as far as exclusive titles. And you know, we were talking offline the other day about you know what what have microsoft or xbox got coming in 2023 and it's like there ain't a ton kicking around that's official like we got redfall we got starfield we got a new forza we got that minecraft dungeons and that ain't really that's sort of it from just the first party studios they've got so it's it's still a bit lean out there in the streets for for xbox and microsoft so yeah pulling a few of these titles back here or there just to prop up their own back catalog makes a ton of sense
0: Yeah, it makes sense. sounds a little crummy at times, but I mean, business is business, I guess.
1: That's it. Got to make that dollar chase that paper. All right, next bit of news. Valve has suddenly confirmed Counter-Strike 2 and it's arriving sooner than you might think. An exact release date has yet to be announced at time of recording, but it's been given given a summer 2023 release window and it will run on Source Engine 2. It will be a free upgrade to CSGO. It's also available in limited testing to some CSGO players starting this week, with Valve revealing more details on how to become part of the limited test. Per a CS2 website that popped up earlier this week, the largest technical leap forward in Counter-Strike's history, ensuring new features and updates for years to come. In several videos released, Valve gave a closer glimpse of what uh, Counter-Strike players can expect, Specifically, Valve highlighted its upgraded and overhauled maps, game-changing smoke grenades, tick-rate-dependent gameplay, and redesigned visual effects and audio. So, I have got negative skin in the Counter-Strike game. I've played a few games here and there over the last, what, 15 years this game's been out? It feels like it's been out an eternity and it's a stalwart in the competitive shooter space, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we've, the fact we've got Counter Strike Two coming out in a few months because we're talking like US summer, Australian winter. Yeah. So we're going to be waiting. This game's going to be out in the next like four to five months, I'd imagine. And everyone's everyone's pretty hyped, especially with uh, you know game changing smoke grenades and tick rate independent gameplay. Like that is that is some words right there.
0: Well, the smoke grenade thing was—it was slightly impressive to see because I don't think I've actually seen smoke smoke grenade mechanics kind of done like this in any kind of shooter that I've played. Where normally, when you drop a smoke like smoke grenade, you, it's most mostly a screen and it just kind of lingers and that's it. Like your your vision is obscured. But what they've shown is is that you can actually manipulate the smoke with—I believe it was either with grenades or with your guns so you can clear that smoke which is a bit of a game changer where especially if you're trying to buy time or you're trying to maneuver around the map using that smoke coverage so I thought that actually was pretty impressive it reads funny but it was like oh okay I see what you guys are doing Um, but I think what's really cool is that for starters everyone was genuinely shocked that it was just kind of like surprise, like here's the content, here's what we're doing coming up in a f- couple of months. Also, free upgrade. Um, CSGO is uh, – it's been massive. It's the top of the charts. It's one mm. of still the most main uh, – played first-person shooters. It's still extremely competitive. I've only really played such a short amount. When I loaded into the game and the person who was showing me CSGO was like, no, no, you've got to learn the, where the gun – You've got to learn where the guns, kind of the pattern that they shoot in. And that's how you get better at the game. I'm like, what the? He had me shooting at a wall to learn the patterns and stuff like that. I said, Mm -hmm. no, thank you, CSGO. No, thank you. (laughs) So I appreciate the competitive scene in that game. So, uh, But yeah, it looks like what they've shown looks good. And I guess that's just even better for the the scene. And then I think things are just going to get even more impressive with all the changes as well.
1: I think so. I think so, and and this will will probably reinvigorate that community a little bit more because we've seen over the last couple of years more of those CS:GO players jumping to things like Valorant. So, True. Yeah. So we'll see if that'll give a nice sort of uptake back into the CS:GO community there with uh yeah with Counter Strike Two making its way to PC screens in the next several months. Uh, the next bit of news I've just titled "In Space, No One Can Hear Your Squad Scream." And this ties into Aliens Dark Descent, which is a squad-based tactical take on the classic science fiction franchise. And it's launching for Xbox, PlayStation, and PC on the 20th of June. And to celebrate the news, publisher Focus Interactive also released a first gameplay trailer. Developed by Tindalos Interactive, Aliens Dark Descent is a squad-based single-player action game that pits players against xenomorphs, human Weyland-Yutani corporation operatives, and previously unseen threats as they explore the large, open levels of the USS Otago, requiring them to command their team of Marines in real time to stay alive. Squads are assembled from five starting classes, with Tindalos promising dozens of specializations, unique abilities, and weapons to customize them further with players needing to keep track of their soldiers' health, resources, and sanity along the way. Tread carefully as your foes will adapt their tactics to your actions while hunting you down because death is permanent, Tindalos explains. Forge unique paths for survival, uncovering shortcuts, creating safe zones, and setting up motion trackers in a persistent world where your actions impact levels forever. So this game got announced um, in the last 12 months And I remember we talked about it on here and we were pretty pretty mid, as the kids would say. Pretty lukewarm. (laughs) But I watched this trailer last night before I went to sleep. So I don't know if I was a bit like uh, sleep deprived slash uh, overstimulated at the same time. But I watched this trailer and I'm like, you know what? This kind of looks fun. Like um, you commanding a squad of five colonial marines we could say mm-hmm. running around squad based trying to do certain things it's hitting all the beats from the movie we've got scenes where you're, you're welding doors open and shut because xenomorphs are coming at you you can hear the tracker sound uh you've got a lot of the the machismo tropes and, and vocal lines getting thrown around like you know squad based aliens i was kind of out on it when it got announced but the trailer i'm like I'd play this. I want to give this a go. Will I like it? I don't know. I'm not typically a uh, you know, a, a real-time strategist when it comes to my, my gaming preferences, but I watched this trailer before I went to sleep and I'm like, hmm, this looks interesting. So I chucked it in the news because I'm like, this kind of looks co- like it would be fun.
0: It reminds me, and I'm absolutely frustrated. I can't remember what the game title was, but I it does remind me of an old... PC game, and I could have sworn it was Aliens and Marines or something, and it was very much the same kind of style and mm-hmm. also from the same viewpoint. Uh, it looks like it looks obviously way more polished and a little bit more spooky, but when it comes to real time strategy and action like this, it's just not my thing. I don't really enjoy that kind of real time strategy. So while it looks cool and obviously attached to the Aliens franchise, um, I, I still. I'm still not that interested in it. Maybe I will dabble in it, but I just I'm not rushing out to play it just because of its attachment to the franchise. So, hopefully, hopefully it turns out well and it gets some fans into it. But I just not me in particular.
1: I, I wish it allowed for multiplayer. Like the fact that you've got a squad of five, but you're controlling them all. Like I get that's how that dynamic works, and these these RTSs typically play, but. I think maybe adding a little bit of a multiplayer or co-op wrinkle could be really fun. Like oh. aesthetically, yeah, the graphics it looks cool and and the environments are impressive. It's it's got that isometric, you know, top down angled sort of viewpoint. the The detail on the characters isn't like you know high, high, high detail, but it looks cool. It reminds That's me, it. like yeah. as far as recent games that we played, remember the Ascent that we played last year? Which oh was yes, sort of that yeah. cyberpunky. Post post y sort of vibe. That's the the aesthetic and the look that this game's got. To me, that was the first thing I thought that maybe the same studio tackle it. Not the case, but um yeah, I'll I'll give this a go on uh, June twenty. I'm gonna gonna fire it up and see if it's enjoyable. It's it's yeah, it's a very un Brendan game um, genre, but the the source material is very Brendan. So I'm like you know aliens. I'll, I'll give most aliens games a go. Most of them hurt me and uh, leave me very sad for playing them, but let's see. Let's see if Dark Descent uh, can buck that trend of, of horrible recent aliens-based games.
0: We'll see. It's, we've had a we've had a very rough time with the alien we really franchise have. and yeah. yeah, and Predator. We really have and Predator and Predator. Yeah,
1: yeah. Alien versus Predator, the old PC games one and two. This and and them and. Oh, I'm blanking on the name. What's what's the alien first-person survival horror game? How can I not remember this? Which is pretty much the best Oh, alien. alien
0: um, oh, it just left my brain. Like a lot of things. Yeah.
1: Play us out, listeners.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isolation.
1: Alien Isolation. There we go. God, my brain. I need another Suntory. But yeah, Alien Isolation and Aliens versus Predator 1 and 2 on the PC back in the late 90s. I think maybe 2001 was the second one I can't remember but um they're the best games from those universes by far and yeah it's it's been more uh more misses than hits when it comes to games made in those worlds so mm. yeah I, I'm waiting with bated breath to see if Dark Descent could be a little bit of a surprise sleeper hit like I don't think it's going to be a game of the year type of contender but if it's fun and it can capture that uh that tension and that hysteria that Aliens uh, is known for, I'm down.
0: Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I like it. It's not going to be a Game of the Year content No, I don't think so. Apparently Resident Evil's getting that.
1: Ooh, yeah. Resident Evil 4 Remake, you are my early frontrunner for Game of the Year. And the last bit of news I've just titled this one, "Cow Bunga Dudes, and it's a double slice of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles related news. They're related but unrelated. So the first one. Prepare for a darker take on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in a video game version of well-regarded comic book, The Last Ronin. As reported by Polygon this week, this game will be a third-person action role-playing game in the style of God of War, with the last surviving Turtles member as its hero. The Last Ronin tells a markedly different Turtles tale from usual. It's set in a grim future where three of the four superhero Turtles are dead alongside Master Splinter. The remaining turtle, whose identity is only revealed at the end of the book, acts as a lone avenger, taking down the Foot Clan across New York City. Should I just read the next bit of news and then we can sort of focus on one after the other? You reckon yeah, that'll sure. work? Yeah. Okay, and the next bit of news. <laughs> Get ready to Shreddy. Shredder, yes, the villain from Teenage Root Ninja Turtles, has made his way into Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, and Warzone 2.0. admittedly Shredder is not exactly known for his use of guns with the leader of the Foot Clan generally preferring his metal blades over firearms however here he is suited and booted with a rather deft use of a rifle and ready to take on any operator who stands in his way of victory. Along with the Shredder operator skin the Shredder Tracer Pack operator bundle also comes with three weapon blueprints these are the Oroku Shotgun, the Sakai Assault Rifle and Shredder's Steel Claws. The bundle also includes a weapon vinyl, a vehicle skin for the light tank, and a Foot Clan weapon charm. You can get your hands, or perhaps that should be claws, on the Shredder bundle via the Call of Duty in-game store tab right now. So two very, very, very different Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles announcements. Mm. I just want to quickly say on the second one, Shredder coming to Call of Duty is one of the most bizarre, weird, unexpected collabs I've ever seen and I am all for it. And then on the first one regarding the third person action role playing game in the style of God of War covering the Last Ronin comic. I haven't read that but I've heard it's it's a really good read and it's really dark and heavy. Mm. That sounds like it could be super fun.
0: I unfortunately, I'm not, I was never allowed to watch any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stuff. So the fact that, like, something that I witnessed as a kid as being a very kiddie kind of show. And then when I remember when I heard about The Last Ronin, I was like, what the hell? Like, how can you make Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles so serious? Like, I thought it was meant to be like so whimsical and such. So I have no idea how this plays out. Like, I, I still can't in my head register. A very serious moody kind of game especially when you are liking it to the styles of god of war but i i maybe i should look into the last ronin maybe that just honestly reading it will let me know exactly why people are able to make that kind of comparison and think this game's gonna work and uh shredder uh, he's 80s, right? Well, for the most part, he's 80s, and Call of Duty yeah. is very much about uh, introducing all these 80s characters into the into the game. So I guess, I guess we're very excited for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So obviously, the uh, animated movie that's coming mm-hmm. out was recently announced, and then we're obviously talking about this video game for the Last Ronin, and and then Call of Duty is just like here, Shredder. Uh, so. <laughs> You know, like it was, everyone's ready for it. I, 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 think it would be better to, um, it would have been better to have Splinter because he's like a big rat, isn't he? He's a big rat.
1: That his shredder thing got me so good. Yeah, Splinter, Splinter would look pretty great in, uh, in Call of Duty as well. Huge rat running
0: around with a gun. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, it is It is so bizarre. It, it's great. And I am here for both of these announcements. They're both very different. Like, yeah, some, some moody, serious Ninja Turtles. Like, yeah, the the 80s cartoon was very light in tone and funny. But the first live action movie was pretty dark and heavy. But then the second one what? that also had everyone's favorite uh, vanilla-based ice making appearance was a lot more uh, light in tone. What's the, so, uh, what's, yeah, yeah. So was
0: this- the second vanilla-based ice <laughs>
1: Maybe it's some kind of sweet treat. I don't know, okay. but um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. The, the second movie was a lot more kid and, and family friendly oriented. Where the first one, it was pretty dark. It was pretty heavy. So I I like that they're bringing out a bit more of a mature take on the turtles. And yeah, I'm I'm very curious. I'm going to be watching along here regarding the development of this last the last Ronan game because. Yeah, if we can get a bit more of a serious story, like it's going to be funny playing as a giant humanoid turtle uh, seeking vengeance around New York City. But you know, I've played weirder stuff, that's for sure. So I'm not going to uh, pass too much judgment there. <laughs> and yeah, if, if I was playing COD, I'd waste the money to buy a Shredder Skin for sure. But uh, I don't even have uh, M-Dubs 2 or Warzone 2.0 installed on my Xbox right now.
0: It's quite the investment to buy those kind of skins on there. You really need to play it enough to justify that, says the people that drop too much money on Fortnite.
1: Yeah, but we're, we're in that ecosystem. We're, we are living and living and breathing that world every other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, nah, sadly, Call of Duty is not the case because I'd also probably need to buy 15 hard drives to install the damn thing on Xbox <laughs> <Yeah>. anyway. <laughs> I think it's like 800 gig download, I think, for the full M-Dubs 2 and Warzone 2.0 Oh client it's absurd but anyway yeah ninja turtles making a comeback in a whole host of fashion so yeah get your shredder skin today kiddos but uh let's jump into this tweet of the week and this tweet comes by way of at pokemon and with the three emojis blue hat love heart lightning bolt and there's a gift there of uh ash ketchum i guess you could say walking into the sunset, walking towards a nice rainbow pallet town, all that type of stuff, because, yeah, anyone that's playing along at home, the last episode of, you could say, the mainline Pokemon animated series that had Ash as the lead protagonist has aired this past week in Japan, and he is, uh, I guess, putting his uh, cap down. He is done trying to be the very best and (laughs) is retiring from... The world of Pokemon. And uh yeah, it was very bittersweet. The world is uh crying many a tear this year for, for Ash Ketchum.
0: I don't know why the way you worded it made it sound so demotivating. <laughs> <laughs> he's putting his cap down, he's done, he's uh he's done trying to be the very best. I'm like, fuck, this sounds like my thirties. Um <laughs> can take me and my Pikachu into the sunset. Um <laughs> It's, it's it's a very emotional thing. Like, I honestly haven't been following the animated series. There was a time where we all watched it. We all grew up probably watching it mm-hmm. on Cheese TV or Agro's in Connection. And, you know, we grew up with it. It was very special. But then some of us kind of drifted off of the animated series. Other people stayed on top. But to hear that it is the last adventure of Ash and Pikachu that we're going to see animated now. And I'm like, okay, you know what? That does that does hit a little close to home and like a lot of people have been showing showing their favorite moments and all the final sequence and I'm just I'm like yeah like the show was pretty special to us and it was you know it was it was a little kiddie it was a little messed up it was had some other questionable things that happened into it but It was great to grow up with. It was great to have that kind of connection with other kids of trading Pokemon cards, playing the Pokemon game, watching the animated series and then moving on to movies and such that came along with it. So, And then we watched it develop and some of us play Pokemon Go still and other people now are dropping a lot of money on Pokemon cards. So it's been pretty timeless. So having this kind of very long chapter come to an official close. Probably hits home to a lot of us that grew up with it because mm. that's that's it. So,
1: I, I agree. Like, uh, yeah, old Ash Ketchum was part of most of our and our broader friends group and you know our community's childhood. Mm-hmm. So it is it is the end of an era. And yeah, it's going to be sad to see Ash go, but all things must come to an end, I guess. And, and he's probably going to get, live a good life, just simple life in Pallet Town doing God knows what. But on the back of that, we got the trailer as well for, I guess, the, the next step or the next evolution of, of the Pokemon mainline um, animated series. And the trailer showed off the, the dual protagonists, Liko and Roy, and uh, showed a heap of other characters that they're going to be adventuring with, uh, other people they're going to be, you know, tackling uh, this this broader world with and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, Pokemon Horizons, the series, it's going to be a thrilling journey that explores new wonders and makes fascinating discoveries about the Pokemon world. Uh, that was said by Taito Okiira, who's the VP of marketing for the Pokemon company. So, uh, yeah, Pokemon Horizons, the series... Is the the next step now that Ash is uh, Ash is just going to live a simpler life and uh, off we go with Liko and Roy. So uh, yeah. yeah, shout out to Ash. Thanks for all the thanks all for all the memories, kid. Even though I think you're still only twelve years old, you haven't aged in you know twenty plus years where the rest of us are now old and gray and got back pain. So uh, mm. yeah, who's the real? winner here i think it's ash because uh he can retire young and healthy and do whatever he wants where we're all in a world of hurt but yeah pokemon horizons the series will be coming soon to screens near you and uh yeah shout out to ash and pikachu and co so uh y'all will be missed Mm -hmm. but uh yeah if you don't want to wait a little longer till pokemon horizons the series makes its way to screens do not worry because we got you covered new releases and events All right, we're talking about new releases falling between the days of March the 27th right through to April the 2nd. As far as podcasts, this week we've got another new episode of More Than Hentai dropping, and this is going to be a deep dive on the horror action smut fest that is known as Devilman Crybaby available to view on Netflix right now. So myself and Super Marcy are tackling that one, so check that out on the podcast RSS feeds this week. If you're waiting to check out some stuff on the small screen, don't worry because there is some great new returns or, or debuts for shows as well. Succession Season 4 starts this week, which we also found out in the last month or so that it's actually the the end of the show. Yeah. So Season 4 is it for Succession. Great show. I love it. Great characters, big drama, corporate business, family tension and all kinds of madness that is succession i've also got the animated debut of marvel's moon girl and devil dinosaur season one making its way to disney plus riverdale season seven now holy moly there's seven seasons of riverdale it is uh i fell off after about maybe season three so i've got a bit of catching up to do i don't know if i'll ever go back but the intention could be there one day and (laughs) A movie that we uh, talked about Mm. glowingly as far as something we're excited to check out. Tetris making its way to the streaming services this coming week as well, which I'm excited for. On the big screen, Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves officially hits the cinemas this week. Getting very good reviews from both casual and devout D&D players, which is good. So I'm excited that it caters to sort of both ends of the market there. And as far as games coming out this week, we've got a good assortment. We've got Colossal Cave, Crime Boss, Rock A City, MLB The Show 23, Sifu making its way to the Xbox platform, Terra Nil, The Last of Us Part 1 making its way to PC, Dredge, The Last Worker, Citizen Sleeper, and Cosmonius High on the quest as well. Out of that list, obviously, The Last of Us Part 1 on PC will be great for PC games to experience for the first time. But Dredge, I am so excited to play this dark fishing based adventure game that come out this past week or it's coming out this week I should say getting reviewed very well it looks creepy and unsettling and it weaves in fishing like that's some of my favorite stuff right there and I'm very excited to play Dredge it looks and from what I've heard from a few friends that uh, dropped some reviews this week plays really well too
0: is it a scary game I'm just looking at some of the screenshots from it it looks it looks quite whimsical it looks quite sweet
1: yeah, no, it's, it's, there's some darkness in there. There's oh, wow. sort of like, a, almost like a day and night mechanic where it can get a little oh. bit, uh, a little bit sketchy out in the darker depths there. So uh, yeah, I'm keen as a bean for uh, Dredge. <laughs> Miss Hart, anything on that list there, whether it be small screen, big screen games that uh, you got your eye on this week?
0: I really would love to see what Crime Boss is like. Uh, th- this is that game that has <laughs> every <laughs> 80s like gone in for whatever goddamn reason. Um, I guess all their checks are bounced. Um, but, yeah, I this was that really weird kind of 80s style, almost like GTA-ish looking game that came mm. out. Um, trailer was released and uh, we were like, all right, what the hell was that? And now it's being released. So I'm like, I need to know, like, what this is. I need to know if it's good. I, need to, I just need to know because... It reeks of eighties, and um, you know, uh, I just, I just need to see if it actually works out. I'd love if it was a hidden gem. I would love that.
1: I'm hoping it could be the fact that yeah, this game got announced somewhere in the what last three to six months? Game max, awards, right? Like, yeah, like it was, it was a recent announcement, and the fact it's coming out this week, and we haven't really seen any extensive gameplay, makes me worry a little bit. But also, The Eternal Optimist, and like you said, it's got, like, the murderer's row of of 80s-slash-90s BCD-grade action stars in there. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously, Danny Trejo is phenomenal, but, you know, like, Michael Madsen's in there and, like, Michael Rooker and Chuck Norris. Yeah, like, all these people from yesteryear, like you said, they're, they're probably a bit low on the Johnny Cash, and they're like, yeah, I'll lend my likeness to this game. Pay me, pay me, developer. But I'm hoping... It's better than the most recent Saints Row. That's that's my well, benchmark.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's the, that's going to be the most recent comparison that I'd be fighting against, but yeah.
1: Yeah, if it can be better than the most recent Saints Row, I'll be happy because that game was pretty rough. But yeah, Crime Boss Rock A City... Looks like it could be just some absurd fun, and if and if I can roll around with Chuck Norris and Rob Banks and get into all kinds of hijinks with these characters, I'll be a very happy man, but yeah, mm-hmm. that and Dredge, I have got my eyes all over, and obviously Dungeons and Dragons, I'm going to go watch that this week as well.
0: I'm still waiting for bloody John Wick, it's been getting amazing reviews, and I'm just like, I really, really want to see it, so... After I was going to go
1: watch it yesterday, but then I decided I wanted pizza and wings more. So I did that instead and just sat home and gorged myself. So I'm going to go like watch us. John Wick. Yeah. John Wick, probably tomorrow, I think. So, uh, yeah, it's it's we got plenty of content, whether it be 8-Bit related coming your way, but also plenty of stuff dropping on the big, small or gaming-based platforms too. So uh, get hyped, 8-Bit Nation. But, yeah, that brings us to the official end of... Of THG 320. Miss Hart, anything you wanted to shout out or mention before we close this studio down for another week?
0: No, I'm going to get myself edumacated on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the last round,
1: Yes, yes, indeed. And also, a quick follow-up. I had a really hard time trying to find all the people listed on the Australian Classifications Board, so that exploration (laughs) is ongoing. I've started to put together like a little online document and things. And I've started the research, but I've been having a bit of a slow <laughs> process take place for me where I'm trying to find all these people and, and yeah, classify and quantify how many old white people there
0: are. I'm just imagining you as, like, Charlie, that Charlie Day gif or picture where he's got, like, the rivers <laughs> <laughs> the red string on the wall and everything
1: like that. Yeah, it's it's not far from the truth, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, the, the research is ongoing regarding the Classifications Board, but I'll come back to you once I close the case. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah... That is, that is it from us here. So I think it's time to get on out of here for another week. Thanks for stopping on by. But until next time, much love.
0: And stay hungry.